Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Between the Shadows. This is Kristen. And this is Kara. Thank you guys so much for coming back. We have been gone for two weeks. Yeah. It feels like an eternity, honestly. I know. I know. <laughs> but we are back after two weeks off. Had had a little bit of stuff going on, and we just want to say thanks for joining us. We are back on with more Between the Shadows. But before we do that, our dear Kara here spent the weekend at the Colorado Festival of Horror, the inaugural show. So like, I'd like for her to just tell us a little bit about what that, yeah, what went on there. I was not able to join because I'm a mom and I have duties, but <laughs> Kara was there. and We just kind of want to share her experience before we get into the story here. Yeah, uh, we spent Friday to Sunday last week at the first show for the Colorado Festival of Horror, and it was a great turnout. It's kind of put on the same people that um, have done the Rocky Mountain Con in the past here in Colorado. And it was a big hit the first year. There was a lot of people there, different booths there from comic book artists to candle makers. I've got some great candles. I have to post them on the page for you guys. Some of the local comic book shops were there and some like animators working with clay, modeling, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of different vendors there and it was really exciting. And I got a chance to plug uh, between the shadows a little bit and mm -hmm. kind of drop the bug in the ear of the curator so yes. we are really hoping to have a table next year at HorrorCon and probably podcast live from the show and get ourselves some merchandise finally for between the shadows to have on the table for people to stop by definitely and i was really excited that a good handful of people out of the crowd that weekend recognized Barnabas because yes. we had a pinup in uh, the, the book um, on the table where we were. Our Barnabas picture on our Facebook page, um, we have that pinup and a lot of people, a good amount of people noticed Barnabas right off the bat and I was really excited and we got to talk about the podcast that we're doing. Of course, they, say, they said the same thing, you know, like, oh, my mom, oh, my dad watch Dark Shadows and this right. and that, but I got to talk about the podcast with them and get it out there to the horror people That's in amazing. Colorado. So it was really exciting. So the goal is really we want to get I want to get a table there next year Definitely. and record live and get live comments from fans if they have anything to say about Dark Shadows. We get it real time. That'd mm -hmm. be a lot of fun to do. It would be. I agree. So yeah. That would be a huge feat for us. So. This, this is a big year for us, so we're going to get this out there more, and we're going to show up at the Horror Festival next year. And That's awesome. Rock it out. Thanks for sharing. Of course. I'm, I'm sure. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Hoping next year we'll both be there, and we'll both be there plugging this between the shadows. Mm -hmm. and we just want to th say thanks to you guys for liking our Facebook page and um, commenting and, and just sticking with us, listening. We appreciate you guys so Thank much. Thank you. So... The last time we chatted, I feel like it's been forever. <laughs> I know. But the last time we chatted, we talked about um, the marriage betrayal and the duel. Yeah. So as we continue on the story, we're just at the point where Reverend Trask is there. And Reverend Trask is on the warpath trying to find a witch. And right, right. They've named Victoria. He has named Victoria. I mean, there are some people in, the, in Collinwood that, you know, kind of have their doubts still. But... Right. And kind of at this point, uh, Barnabas and Forbes are kind of helping Vicky yes. to escape slash hide from Trask. Yes. And Joshua, I guess, for that matter. Yes, because Joshua is just, you know, after being a cat, you know, he's convinced that there's a witch. And, you know, why not Victoria? She's the stranger. And Right. So this is right where 
Trask has tied her to a tree, tied Victoria to a tree. Right. And he goes the next morning and discovers that the tree has been burned. We know that Angelique burned it down herself so mm-hmm. that she could keep the the blame off of her. He goes back to Collinwood and he tells Joshua that he is going to question everyone at Collinwood until he finds the witch or witches. He's not entirely convinced that there's only one witch. Right. And thinks that there's probably a coven, a coven of witches. Of witches. And, and 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 he also adds anyone who's helping the witch is an agent of Satan. <laughs> so, so Oh my goodness, sorry. No, it's 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 it, it is comical. I mean, just to hear him go on and on, it's like, are you kidding me? I know. They're so what's the word? They're so dramatic about yes. it. But that's what makes it so good. Yes. And I mean this was in seventeen ninety five. This was around the time of the Salem witch trials, and this is kind of what this was mirrored after just a little right. 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 And Joshua, he's a little hesitant at first, but he finally does allow Trask to just have free reign to question everybody there. And Joshua is more worried about a scandal than he actually is that there's a witch. You Mm -hmm. know, he doesn't even want, you know, he doesn't even want people to suspect that there's a witch there because it would tarnish the good family Collins name. You know, (laughs) now Andre Dupre. (laughs) This man is having absolutely none of it. He is having none of it. He says, where they come from, these childish things were cast out centuries ago right. <laughs> in Martinique. And he's ready again just to pack up and move back. Yeah. And he thinks that the whole thing is utterly ridiculous, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> Trask implies that Andre's objections are suspicious and that he might have something to hide. You know, I think it's just to get under Andre's skin a little bit. And it, and it works just a little bit. And Joshua convinces him that whether or not he believes in witchcraft, it's still important to get to the bottom of whatever's going on in this house. Right. And so Andre agrees begrudgingly against his better judgment, even though his opinion of Trask is that he's a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah. But honest, honest to goodness, Andre is right. He's absolutely right. And I, I think that Andre was just being logical. I mean, he had he had his head on his shoulders, and, you know, Trask was a self-styled minister, and he was also a complete moron. I think Andre had that exactly right. Right, right. <laughs> and we, of course, don't find this out right away about Trask, but the longer he sticks around, the more shady he becomes, the more annoying he becomes, and the more I was ready just to throw the friggin' TV out the window. Mm-hmm. And when he showed up... And the more and more we see just how little he knows about witches and how to find them and vanquish them or, or bring mm-hmm. reformation to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that Barnabas said it perfectly. It's much easier to find a witch than to prove that someone isn't a witch. And Trask, he was just so infuriating to me. And shout out to Jerry Lacey, man. He pulled it off. <laughs> he just he made an excellent witch hunter, an excellent fanatic minister, he and really just playing an overly fanatic man who uses God as an excuse to torture people. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, shout out to you, Jerry. You did amazing. Right. And honestly, it's such a switch from uh, Tony Peterson. Tony, thank yes. you. Yes. It, I, li- I liked how he could t- totally switch it up. Yeah, I totally. Love, I love Tony. I love Tony as well. I think I think he was amazing. <laughs> and he was and very handsome. He was very handsome. He, he could have been a guy that I would have dated back in the day. I'm just saying, <laughs> Jerry Jerry Lacey. He was he's a good looking man. Right. And and I, I mean, as far as what Trask was doing, what was it all for? Honestly, for for me, what was there to gain for Trask by punishing innocent women of witchcraft? fame i can only imagine yeah i wonder was it fame i mean was it money was it so that he could be a renowned man of god or did he honestly believe that he was the spiritual 
conduit between witches and the Lord? Did he honestly believe that he was the only one who could bring these supposedly damned souls to the Lord? Yeah. And in the long run, he ended up hurting so many people and causing them so much harm and so much harm to come to the Collinses because he was completely wrong about who the witch was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the real witch even fooled him, and she got on her knees and pretended to have some kind of revelation of God. Yeah. And that was the moment I knew that Trask had absolutely zero idea, like no idea what he was doing, and he was going to be no good to anybody, and he was definitely not the one to bring redemption from the witch. I just, at that moment, I knew, I'm like, okay, this guy is going <laughs> to, no. he's just going to make things worse. Yeah. And he and he did, and he yeah. did. At this point, Angelique uh, sees Nathan coming out of the servants' quarters outside the house and wants to know what he's doing there he's like sneaking out and he's kind of got something under his jacket yes eventually he has to come up with some excuse as to why he's uh taking food from the kitchen because she really well what's under you it's like it smells really good to be burned you know right (laughs) because he said it's just an old shirt i'm gonna take it out to burn she's like well it smells too good to burn you know she knew it was food she wasn't stupid he's like fine but he tells her that he's planning a picnic and even invites her to come along (laughs) and really we know that he's bringing food to Vicky because him and Barnabas, again, are, are helping hide her in the new house mm-hmm. because they were sure no one would go looking for her there. Right. I mean... It's not abandoned. It's just nobody's moved in It's yet. a construction site right yes. now. But unfortunately, Angelique did know this. She was smart. That was the thing about Angelique. And I think that that aided her, yeah. you know, in carrying out her witchcraft. Right. I think her being very clever had a lot to do with that also. Mm-hmm. Not just that she was powerful. She was also a very clever girl. Clever and cunning. Yes. I mean... You gotta be. Yes, definitely. And then uh, Trask begins to question Angelique, and she does a good job of acting completely innocent and ignorant to the witch in their midst. Mm-hmm. Um, he asks the normal questions. Do you believe and fear God? And what do you know about the things going yeah. on? And he accuses her of trying to talk with the devil while she walks in the woods. Right. But Angelique claims she's just trying to commune with God and that she feels closer to God while she's in nature. She she bold-faced lies. And I'm lies. giggling because yes. we know who she is and she's yes. just pulling it off so well. She just she she literally just bold-faced lies just entirely. Yeah. And now okay, now I'm going to get on a soapbox for just a second here. Just just bear with me just a moment. So because I think this whole scene with Angelique, she's you know, I love and I fear God and I feel closer to him when I'm in the woods. It's just a little bit of blasphemy towards the Lord here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, she, she says that she serves the Lord and she's never been tempted by the devil and that her loyalty is to the Almighty. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, you can tell which Almighty she's talking about, not, right. you know, the Almighty God that we serve, you know. <laughs> she even gets down on her knees and pretends to feel something. I, I just, I don't even know how to explain it. I just... It pissed me off so much. <laughs> she basically uses this opportunity to have some kind of spiritual revelation and tells Trask and Joshua that she sees a very large and new house and no one has ever lived there, but she sees a man and a woman inside speaking. And she basically gives Vicky's hiding spot away. Right. And again, we see this very Grinch-like smile <laughs> as they walk out of the house and head to the new house. Again, I wonder in this moment how she didn't burn to the ground while she's giving off this charade. I I know, right? There is my soapbox for the night. I appreciate your patience with me. (laughs) (laughs) So Nathan finally makes it over to the house. While he's talking to Vicky and everything, you know, she gets into her little trance mind a little bit, just thinking about getting back home. Mm-hmm. And she ends up saying along the lines that she transcended time and space and that she wishes that there was a way to get back to her own time. And Nathan tells her she shouldn't talk like that or even her friends 
would start to doubt her mm -hmm. because you can just see it like as she's talking you can see it in his face where he's like what yeah exactly what? <laughs> so exactly He's like, no wonder the Reverend thinks you're a witch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but Joshua and Trask end up showing up. They see the open window in the drawing room and the food Vicky has just finished eating. Mm -hmm. um, but Nathan denies that he saw Vicky and that he's helping her. Mm -hmm. uh, Trask attempts to blackmail Nathan and tells him that he could ruin his naval career if he continues to help Vicky. He did, he did try to blackmail Nathan. And I do, I think that it, unfortunately, it did work. <laughs> yeah. Because Nathan and begins to think about his career and he's he's very hesitant about helping Vicky and he even tells Barnabas later on that he's not sure he can continue and that he might be not be able to lie again if Trask questions him and he thinks that Trask is a dangerous threat yeah and at this point Nathan is more worried I mean because he's in the Navy and he's got a very prestigious position and then you know He's a he's a lieutenant in the navy, which, from what I understand, I don't I don't know that much about the navy, but to be a lieutenant in the navy, that's takes a little bit of work, you know. Yeah. So I think he's definitely worried about you know sabotaging his career. And kind of speaking of that, I don't know if we ever mentioned it, but speaking of like army and military careers, America was only like 19 years old at this point. Yes. So it was still pretty new. 1776. Like, yeah, it yeah. was it was very new. So I mean. There's only what, like, only 19 years of this country being founded at the at that moment in time. Yeah, and you don't really so. think about that. And and even Joshua, you know, when 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 Josette was serving Naomi tea, you know, she was like, oh well, Joshua doesn't partake in tea because he sees it as, you know, some sort of British mm -hmm. loyalty or something like that. And I'm right. and I was thinking about that, and then you said that, and I'm like, well, no wonder because you know America is still pretty brand new you know it's just a kid and, and maybe they were referring to the boston tea party so this is 1795 and the boston tea party happened in 1773 so so yeah that would have that would have worked you know because <laughs> they could have been referring to the boston they, tea party. yes be, be, having tea would have been some sort of british loyalty you know loyalty to britain and 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 they've you know they've declared independence from britain yeah. so so i guess i can see joshua's point you know because screw yeah. those guys yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> So we jump to the next episode, and Angelique massages Barnabas's forehead, <laughs> yeah. and Angelique tells Barnabas that Victoria Winters is the witch, mm -hmm. and she's been running with this so that she can protect herself, and so that she can keep anyone from suspecting her as the witch. Right. And she wants to know if he knows where she is. You know, do you know where she is, Barnabas? And Barnabas won't give her up, won't, will not give Victoria up. And Angelique tells him that he, he hasn't always been the best judge of women because of what's just happened with Josette, and, and she taunts him with this. She was like, because... Because she married, do you still love her? Do you hate her? And he and he was like, will you please just give it up? I don't right. want to talk about it. Uh -huh. And she begs him just to give, just give me a chance, Barnabas. Let me love you. And for one weak moment, mm -hmm. Barnabas says yes. Yeah. And they embrace and they kiss and he promises to come to her room later so they can <laughs> probably get it on. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But Barnabas quickly changes his mind after he sees Josette being questioned by Trask. Right. And he asks her if she truly believes that she was bewitched and if that's why she married Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. And she keeps trying to say something to him but keeps retracting it. Keep trying to say something and retracting it. Mm -hmm. And in the end, all she can say is that she wishes things could have been different. Yeah. And afterward, he tells Angelique that he still loves Josette. And again, he rejects her. Mm -hmm. And he says he's not capable of loving anyone else but Josette. 
Mm. And I think Josette seemed to really want to tell Barnabas the truth about how she feels. And even though she's married to Jeremiah, she still loves Barnabas. But as soon as she gets ready to say it, she recoils and she just says nothing, like, you know, like we just said. Mm -hmm. And I, I can just, I can feel the torment and the guilt that she's got to be feeling at this point. You know, she can't take it back. How must it have felt to marry one man that you were sure you loved, but to also feel so much love for someone else? Yeah. I, I don't know how that didn't drive her to the cliff sooner, mm. honestly, because it's mm -hmm. like she knows she loves Barnabas, but she's got this urge just to be with Jeremiah, and she's sure she loves him. And yeah. I, I just can't imagine the the back and forth and the 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 tug of war on her heart that she's got to be having right now. Right. She tells Trask that the things she did, even though she's terribly ashamed of them, she did them and willingly and she wasn't under a spell. Mm -hmm. I mean, Josette was, con she, she refuses to believe that she was under a spell. She was, she's like, I was at fault. I did this of my own volition. This is my fault. I'm willing to accept that. Angelique leaves the room with Sarah's doll after Barnabas has betrayed her and she's fuming and she's hurt and she's rejected and I get it. <laughs> yeah. If it were me and the man that I love pretty much told me that there was no way he could ever love me because he loved someone else who cheated on him and betrayed him to his own uncle brother. <laughs> uncle brother. Sister husband. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that, that would just be enough for me. And <laughs> yeah. I think I probably have at least a moment or two or three of wanting to get even and hurt him back. Yeah. Be like, you're going to pay for this. I, I just feel like that would be me too. As a woman, as a woman who loves deeply you know that's just angelique is seething and she yeah. vows to cause him more pain than he's ever known but she chooses to do it through sarah instead of josette this time yeah and we see naomi telling sarah a story next scene pretty much mm -hmm. like i'm gonna get revenge Mark. and then it comes to we see naomi telling sarah a story and it's the perfect picture of love between a mother and child it really is and Angelique begins then sticking the pins into Sarah's doll and it causes Sarah to collapse in pain. Mm -hmm. And the doctor's called, but of course there's nothing they can do for mm -hmm. her. Like everything medically is turning out a-okay. Right, it's the same thing and that happened with Barnabas. And, and, and they're very quick to pick up on that. I was like, wow, Barnabas was the same way. You yeah. know? And I, I think here we get a glimpse of just how much Barnabas loved Sarah. Yeah. And he doesn't want to leave her side until she's better. And she begs him to go and get Miss Winters. Where's Miss Winters? I want Miss Winters. Where is she? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, you know, she's, she's in hiding. So she can't just come back to the house. And Naomi isn't sure that Vicky should come because of all the talk about her being a witch. But Barnabas assures her that there's no way that he would allow her in the room if he thought that she would harm Sarah. Right. And Naomi, you know, eventually they do call and Vicky comes back and sits with Sarah and is very kind to her and very gentle. And Naomi apologizes to Vicky for thinking that she was a witch after she sees how Sarah yeah. loves her right. and how tender she is with her. And poor Ben, he he realizes how sick Sarah is and he he immediately knows it was Angelique. So he, he goes to Angelique and, and just demands that she make Sarah well again. Yeah. Or he's gonna kill her. And he kind of tries to come at her mm -hmm. again, or is it, was that for the first time? I feel like no, he tried to go at her before. He did, yeah. yeah. After, he, after he lost his voice when he was trying to tell Barnabas what was actually happening, you know? Right, and then at that point, she, like, causes his heart to beat faster and faster, like, almost to the point, like, it would, like, literally explode yes. and kill him. Um, but at the last second, causes it to stop, but warns him that the next time she will let him die. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. so... 
keep your hands to yourself. Pretty much. <laughs> <I'm joking>. but, <laughs> and obviously, Angelique has no sympathy or anything to of the fact that Sarah could die. I mean, mm-hmm. she, there's no sympathy, sympathy there at all. And the only thing she wants, bottom line, period, is for Barnabas to come to her and love her and, you know, just choose her. Choose me. Love me. Yes, for you Grey's Anatomy fans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she seems to think that if she makes Sarah sick, Barnabas will be so desperate for her to feel better that he'll come to her and do whatever it takes to make her well again. And that's exactly what happens. That's, that's exactly, exactly what, happens. what happens. Like Angelique's got some, no pun intended, magic spell to make to make things better. Like she's so, got some, some herbal tea, tea or something. Yeah. Yes. You know what? He goes to her and he asks <laughs> where the doll is because Sarah's been asking for her. Where is Sarah's doll? Because Angelique was the last to have it. Right. And... Angelique was like, she, you know, I, I put it in with her other toys, whatever. And she says she knows of a specialty to make Sarah better, claiming that she had the same ailment as a child. Mm-hmm. And this is where she gives the ultimatum. She says, if I can cure Sarah, the payment that I want is to be your wife. Yeah. Again, this shows us um, how much Barnabas loves Sarah because Angelique got what she won. Yeah. And he has told her that over and over. That he doesn't that love he her. That he doesn't love her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's so scared for Sarah and and that she might die. And he loves her so much that he is willing to marry a woman he didn't love, even if it meant it could help Sarah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, giving up yourself for someone that you love, I mean, I don't know how you can show love more than that, you know? I mean, and I still give it to Barnabas because he straight up, he was straight up with Angelique from the beginning. He's like, I love Josette. Yes. If you know this and still want to marry me just so you can have a husband, here you go. Yeah. Whatever. I'm all for it, but the and and he laid it flat out. It wasn't like he pretended to say, you know, I love you, but so I'll marry you. He, I mean, he straight up said, if you can accept me the way that I am, mm-hmm. and you can accept me with the way I feel, then fine, we'll get married. Yeah. And now that Sarah is, is well, we go back to Jeremiah mm-hmm. because Sarah is well. She got the tea. Angelique took out the pins from the doll. Yeah. And Josette and Andre and Naomi are all sitting in Jeremiah's room, and Josette is torturing herself saying that Jeremiah's dying because of her. And she's just, she's so certain that she can feel the spirit of death in the room and that Jeremiah's going to die. This night, he's going to die. Yeah. And he does. He does die. At the very same time, his ghostly figure appears to Josette in her room. Mm. She goes back and tells her, he's like, Jeremiah was in my room at like 2 o'clock. Andre tells her, well, he died at 2 on the dot, you know? Yeah. So Joshua insists that the family tell the townspeople and anybody else that's not in the family that Jeremiah died while cleaning his gun. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he wanted to protect the good Collins family name. He right. didn't want a scandal. He didn't want, he, he didn't want anybody else to know that Barnabas killed his uncle in a duel. Right. So there's one piece of history that's been altered in the Collins family history. Right. <laughs> that's number one. Well, I guess number one, no, that is number one because, because the family history does say that Josette married Jeremiah. They just omitted the part where she was supposed to marry Barnabas. Right, right. <laughs> And he also decides that they will move into the un- unfinished new house. He can't bear to be in this house where all these horrible things have happened. And he seems to think that, you know, once they move to the new house, that the crap will just stop following them. And he- he's so very wrong. But it's Joshua. So. Right. You know. <laughs> and this is the part where Barnabas starts to recant his promise to Angelique to marry her. Yeah. Claiming that he was desperate and that Sarah was going to die. And Angelique turns on her waterworks and tries to make Barnabas feel guilty. And this is where he tells her 
if you can accept me and you can accept my feelings for Josette, then, I, then I'll marry you. Mm-hmm. And, but he does tell Angelique, he's like, please don't tell anyone. Let me tell them in my own way. Let me tell Josette in my own way. Mm-hmm. And he goes off to the cemetery looking for her where Josette is star- standing over Jeremiah's grave. And he's standing in the bushes and he's going back and forth about whether or not to tell her in this moment. Right. And, you know, she's in so much pain. Should I really cause her more pain by telling her this? And, well, maybe now, you know, she'll accept it a little more because she's feeling so guilty about Jeremiah and this will make her feel less guilty. Mm -hmm. And so he ends up deciding that this was the best time. Because if she gets back to the house, someone else is going to tell her. Because at this point, his mother and father know because he told his mother and his mother told his father. Mm -hmm. And I just... Of course, Barnabas went to his mother to tell them instead of his father because he knew his father would just crap a brick he just he knew it (laughs) but they share some grief and sorrow about how things happened and about jeremiah and barnabas tries to tell her and cue angelique she shows up and tells josette that the carriage is ready (laughs) (laughs) and when they get back to the house joshua does indeed flips his lid he Mm -hmm. definitely he freaks out Mm -hmm. and i won't have this i'm joshua collins and he's disgusted with the idea of barnabas marrying below his station in life you know angelique's a maid and barnabas is this prestigious member of the collins family right and he claims that barnabas isn't is making a huge a huge mistake and he doesn't love her and barnabas doesn't deny that he doesn't love her but he is set on keeping his promise Mm -hmm. and joshua doesn't want naomi in the room when he talks to angelique about it but naomi stands her ground and urges joshua you better just be kind to her because you could lose barnabas if you're not Mm -hmm. you know and Joshua's convinced that Angelique can be bought. You know, he thinks that she's after his money. Right. And she's after raising her station in life and, you know, becoming more than just a maid. And he offers her $10,000 in gold to leave Collinwood. He was prepared to offer her more. Mm-hmm. He's convinced that, you know, well, if she really is just out for his money, well, here's how you can better yourself. Here's how you can rise above your, sta- your station in life. Here's $10,000. You can be quite a lady on that. Right. And you don't have to involve this family. But she's like, no, mm-hmm. I love him. And all I want is your goodwill and your approval. Joshua says, oh, you'll never have that. Not on my life, you know? (laughs) Right. And eventually, you know, because he sees it, you know, he's not getting anywhere. And Joshua says, if they must be married, then they must observe an acceptable period of mourning. Yeah. Yeah. Of Joshua's choosing for Jeremiah before the wedding. Yeah. And Angelique says, well, that just sounds like a way of buying more time to fight me. And Joshua's like, well, then we understand each other. (laughs) And I'm like, dang. (laughs) The pissing contest between these two. But, you know, Joshua has no idea what he's up against with Angelique. He just doesn't. You know, she's the one that turned him into a cat. (laughs) Right. And she's convinced that Barnabas' parents won't keep her away from Barnabas, but she's still worried about Josette now that Jeremiah is dead. Yes, because after a suitable period of mourning, Barnabas and Josette could get married. They just could. But Naomi offers her hand to Angelique and says, I offer you my friendship throughout the marriage if you'll just observe this period of mourning. And Angelique's like, you know what? Okay, I accept. Yeah. I have no other choice. Mm-hmm. So Angelique, she calls to Josette another spell and tells her that Jeremiah wants to wants her to come to his grave. Mm-hmm. But in the same way, she calls to Jeremiah and tells him that his murderer is going to marry Josette and calls him to come up out of his grave. So Josette does hear the voice and she does heed to it and she starts for the cemetery and Naomi who is having her you know glass of wine glass of sherry whatever (laughs) whatever her drink of choice is at the time tries to stop her but you know 
Josette's on, on, a, on a mission, and so she just decides to follow her out to the grave. Josette calls to Jeremiah over and over as she's, you know, laying on his grave, you know, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, and suddenly a hand pops up out of the grave. Uh-huh. <laughs> a Carrie moment. Yes. <laughs> Before Carrie. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's where they got it. I saw what you did there, Carrie. <laughs> Stephen King, what are you doing? <laughs> so uh, they run back to the house as Andre and Joshua are talking about the Dupre's leaving and going back to Martinique. And Andre still got this in his mind. And Andre and Natalie are both, con- they're concerned about Josette's health and her mental state, you know. And they think if they just get her home, she'll be better. Yeah, and Naomi and Josette try to tell the men what they saw. But, of course, they don't believe him, um, either one of them, mm. because of the shock that Josette has been through and the drinking that Naomi has done. It's always about her dang drinking. It's like they, they just discredit everything she says because right. you drink too much, woman, you know? Yeah. And, of course, Andre takes Josette to bed and Joshua berates Naomi for yes, her drinking. always for the drinking. <laughs> After seeing Jeremiah in the window, Naomi tells the Countess that she believes her about the evil spirit in the house. Mm-hmm. And um, they go through the members of the household. They, When they get to Angelique, Natalie claims she is just too boring to be a witch. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Victoria Winters is missing is very suspect. Yeah. So Natalie goes up to Josette's room to relieve Andre. And she tells him to go to bed and then goes to change her clothes. The second she leaves, Jeremiah shows up and urges Josette to leave with him. Mm -hmm. He keeps saying over and over, you're my wife and I want you to come with me. And Natalie walks in just in time before Jeremiah takes her. Mm -hmm. And the next morning, Angelique brings the Countess coffee. She offers to stay with Josette so that the Countess can get some sleep. Mm -hmm. So, and she can egg this on a little more yes that's that's yes while angelique is packing for josette she mentions she'd like to just go back to martinique but angelique tells her she doesn't want to and that she intends to stay here Mm -hmm. and trying not to just blurt it out yeah basically and josette probes her to find out why she'd stay yeah um she asks if she has another employer or if she's um intends to stay alone yeah Um, What's keeping you here? Right. (laughs) And she beats around the bush about telling her the truth and says that if Barnabas didn't tell her, it's not her place to tell her either. Mm -hmm. Josette uses her power as Angelique's mistress and demands that she tell her what Barnabas should have told her. Yeah, she's like already. She's like, you know what? Tell just tell me what you know. I'm 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 telling you as your as your boss as your superior. Right. What should Barnabas have told me? Right. So. Angelique just tells her that they're to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, she remains stoic for the time being and says that she hopes that they will be very happy and that there's no longer any need for her to pack for her. Yeah, it's like, well, you're going to be a mistress, so you're not a maid anymore. I'll right. pack myself. And she's obviously very sad, but still tries to put on a good face. Yeah. And yeah. God bless her. Poor Josette. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I will say, poor Josette, but, and I, and I understand why Josette is upset. I do. And she and Barnabas were truly in love, and and they were meant to be married. You know, that's the way it should have gone. And she was under Angelique's spell, and that's why she married Jeremiah. And but I feel like at this point, because of the choices that they made, because of the things that happened, I don't. I feel like Josette kind of lost the right to be upset over it. Yeah. Because, and I don't think, I don't think that she should have been able to abuse her powers as Angelique's mistress to get her to tell her what Barnabas should have told her. Because at this point. 
it wasn't really any of her business. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she she lost the right to be up in Angelique, well, to be up in Barnabas's business, let alone Angelique's. Right. And she had a husband and he died in a duel and she felt a lot of grief and guilt over it. But at the end of the day, this was the life she chose. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, just yeah. just my opinion. Yeah. I, I love Josette. We, I mean, we've already established that. I, I love her to pieces. But in this moment, who cares what you think, Josette? It's not, it's not your place anymore, yeah. you know? Yeah. So this brings them to all to the new house. Yes. And Joshua is concerned about what the Dupre's think because everything was planned so badly by Naomi because she only had 18 hours notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Natalie is mostly happy about uh, ha- she's mostly happy, mm-hmm. but being the bougie person that she is <laughs> comments on the color and says that it's appropriate for a visit, but would one really want to live in it? <laughs> Oh, Naomi. <laughs> Natalie. <laughs> I know. She's very blunt. Yes. <laughs> but I love it. I, I love, I'm sorry. Nat- Natalie, she's very bougie and very uptight and very uh, condescending at times and very conceited, but you can't help but love her. Maybe it's because it's Grayson Hall and, it, you know, yeah. anything Grayson Hall does, I'm, I'm all behind it. But it's, <laughs> she makes me laugh. She really does. <laughs> and so they end up going up to Natalie's room, which was intended for Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. And they hear laughter from inside the room. Mm-hmm. Naomi and Natalie run to tell Joshua and Andre, and they come to try to force the door open, and the door opens by itself. Yeah. Andre and Angelique step inside, and the room is completely trash and yeah. like covered in blood. Yeah. And Angelique says that she believes it was Jeremiah's ghost. Yeah. Well, you're not wrong, sweetheart. Yeah. And this is the moment when Abigail Collins walks in and, of course, uh, says that it's the work of the devil. Yes, she's on a tangent again. (laughs) She also takes a stab at the Dupre family because she said before they came and before Victoria Winters came, the Collinses were never victimized and suggests that the Dupre family are the ones who brought the witch. Okay, sweetheart, you're not wrong. (laughs) The Dupre family did bring the witch. It's like you you start getting on the right track a little, but then you totally veer off because Vicky is the stranger. Yes, it's so infuriating. (laughs) And Angelique has people to vouch for her. Yes. And she's a witch, so she can deter what she wants, basically. So you're on the right path at times, but you just get veered off. Yes. Yes. And and sometimes I don't think that's even the witches doing. They're just freaking crazy. They're just stupid. Like, they're just freaking nuts. They're very thick, you know? And it's like, if you had stopped to think about what you were doing... Yeah. If you weren't so out just to name a witch, mm-hmm. didn't matter who it was. Mm-hmm. If you had sat down, put the facts in front of you, yeah, and lined them all up, there is no doubt they would have found the right woman. Mm-hmm. If you could, <laughs> I, I don't believe that Trask or Abigail have it, had it within their power, but if you could sit down and think like a witch for just a moment, right. you probably could have pinpointed who the, rich, who the witch really was. Right, and to the point where Abigail Collins sits Angelique down and wants to know what power she used to get Barnabas to marry her. Yes. And I was like, okay. This was the moment I thought she was going to get her. Right, (laughs) right. And Abigail knows that Barnabas agreed to marry Angelique because she helped heal Sarah with a tea. Yeah, and she wants to know, well, what do you know about this tea? Where'd you get this tea? Yeah, what's in this tea? She's like, well, my mother, my mother brewed it for me. And was your your mother a witch? Yeah. Yeah, she was. (laughs) (laughs) And even though Abigail is completely right about Angelique, at this moment... She's just off on one of her wild tangents about everybody being evil. Right. And this was such a frustrating scene for me because Abigail was 
on the right track. The finish line was dead in front of her Mm -hmm. and questioning the right person. But because she's such a fanatic and so eager to see the witch brought down, that Angelique was just easily able to escape her questioning because Angelique is brilliant. She's she's very bright. And she even asked Angelique if she was the one who made Sarah sick just so she could make her well again. Uh-huh. I'm like, come on, Abigail. I know. You know? I know. And she, Angelique, quickly, she quickly shirks the blame on Victoria because, oh, well, Miss Winters was in the room while Sarah was sick. Yeah. And so Abigail takes that and runs with it. She's like, oh, well, there we go. You know, and I'm like, no, no you way. missed it. It's that easy, dude. <laughs> it's like swing and a miss, oh Miss Abigail God. Collins. <laughs> And so in the end, Abigail just suspects that Angelique is either in league with the devil or she's just a schemer to be married to a Collins. And either way, she's no fit for Barnabas's wife. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this whole time, Angelique has been using the ghost of Jeremiah to terrorize people around Collinwood. Mm-hmm. And first it was Josette. She even sends him after Barnabas, after her and Abigail's conversation. Um, He taunts Barnabas in his room, saying that he's come back because he's convinced that now that he's dead, Barnabas is going to try to marry Josette again. Mm -hmm. And he says that if he does try to marry her again, he'll haunt them for the rest of their lives. Yes. Yes. So this quickly turns on Angelique. Mm -hmm she and Barnabas decide to marry that very night. Mm -hmm. And when Barnabas tells Joshua that they plan to marry tonight, Joshua, of course, flies off his handle again Mm -hmm. and completely disinherits Barnabas. Mm -hmm. He does. And he cuts him off from the family business, the family money, and anything to do with the Collinses. You're no longer my son. (laughs) And they also have to be out of the house by sundown. Mm -hmm. And Barnabas plans to go into town and stay at the inn on the money that he had saved. Uh, But Naomi gives them the old house as a wedding present. Mm -hmm. She states that the house has always been in her name and she's giving it to them. And Joshua has nothing to say about it. Yeah. Like it was a gift to her. So the house was in her name. Yes. Like from Joshua. It was Naomi's house. Yes. So I can do with it what I want. Yes. And And my son is not going to be on the street. Yeah. She's like, your father will rant and rave. She's like, but I I am quite used to it. And it's it's no skin off of my nose. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Barnabas and Angelique immediately move into the old house as they've been kicked off the property. Yeah, they've been kicked off the property, but... And Barnabas goes into town um, to get the minister so that, they get, um, so that they can be married right away. And Angelique stays in the house by herself. Um, after Barnabas is gone, she looks around the house with this very satisfied look on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, as if everything she's ever wanted, everything that she's ever been plotting for is finally hers. Mm-hmm. And she just can't help but feel a little bit pleased with yes. herself. She kind of wanders around the drawing room and just smiles. It's just, like oh, the first so time satisfied. she's ever been alone in the house. Mm-hmm. and. There's literally nobody else in this house. Even Ben isn't there. Right. Because he asks her, before, he was like, are you sure you don't want to come with me? Are you sure you don't want me to stay? You want me to send Ben over? And she's like, I'm fine. She's yeah. like, you go, hurry back, you yeah. know? Yeah. And this doesn't last long um, because eventually Jeremiah shows up against Angelique's orders. Mm-hmm. So he starts terrorizing her. Yes. For once. Yes. <laughs> and up until this point, Angelique has been the one who has told him where to go what to do and who to harass but now jeremiah has gone rogue yes and now he's begun to start picking on angelique <laughs> yes <laughs> um even when she orders him back into his grave he doesn't go he won't so go. it's like nope. it's out of her power at this point yes and she's wondering why yeah like, she doesn't understand like why it's not working and barnabas shows back up and she's you know she's gone from smiling and she's pleased with herself to just 
you know, crossing her arms, holding herself, you know, and just like feeling chills and she's terrified. And Barnabas is like, what's wrong with you? You weren't this way when I left. She's like, nothing, I'm fine. And do we have to be married here? Let's go into town. And he's like, no, the minister's on the way. She's like, okay, what, you know, fine. Well, let's just get married as soon as possible, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, later on she's getting ready for the wedding and she she hears this, you know, laughing and she looks in the mirror and her dress is just covered in blood Mm. but then she looks back and it's fine you know just in the mirror you know yeah and she starts packing a suitcase and begs barnabas again just to leave this house and let's get married somewhere else and she doesn't come right out and tell barnabas why she's afraid she doesn't want to tell him oh well my plan backfired (laughs) i called jeremiah out of his grave and now he's harassing me (laughs) he goes through her suitcase and all he finds in the suitcase is Sarah's doll and just a few pins mm. and wonders is like, what is this? And Angelic was like, there's nothing in there but my clothes. And he was like, there's no clothes in here, just this. This is another one of those close calls for Angelique. I mean, this could have exposed her. Right. And Jeremiah did his best to leave clues for Barnabas, mm-hmm. you know. And but as soon as the truth could have come out and been, you know, been revealed, Ben comes in and says the minister is here and it's time for the wedding. So she narrowly escaped again. Right. And Jeremiah, she's getting ready. She's like, let me just fix my veil and I'll be down. And but Jeremiah takes her, abducts her Mm -hmm. and buries her in a grave. (laughs) And her pretty white dress is ruined. You know, she already saw the blood on it, but that was just, you know, an illusion. We can only assume that. Jeremiah was the reason for that. He created yeah. that illusion. And so, I mean, once she's in the grave, the dress gets ruined by the mud and stuff. And he buries her. And, and he she ends up calling to Ben because Ben is still mentally linked with her because she he's under her power. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he comes to her rescue and she's on the ground and she's crying and she's terrified. And he's like, what's wrong with you? And, and she's like, the ghost, Jeremiah's ghost. I'm sorry. I, it's not funny, <laughs> but... Just the way Ben reacted when she told him, he just starts cackling. He's like, this is hilarious. You're this scared is what you once. get. <laughs> right? And I have to bring it up real quick because when Angelique goes back and gets all gussied up again for the wedding, mm-hmm. Naomi ends up picking out a much simpler white dress for her to wear. Mm-hmm. But was it Josette's dress? Yes, it, it was. It looked like her dress. <laughs> it's the same dress that we have seen Josette wear. Also, it was the same dress that Barnabas put Maggie in when he was trying to convince her that she was Josette. It was the same exact dress, the same veil. So <laughs> everything, it's just everything that Josette wanted and had Angelique got a piece of that. She got to wear her wedding dress at the ceremony. She got Barnabas. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, 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 it was. I didn't know if that was on purpose or they were just reusing costumes. I mean, possibly, but that's just... I like to think that, oh, well, this is Josette's dress. Take it and run with it. I'm good with that. Yes. Yeah. I just had to point that out. Yes. (laughs) I was like, huh? Yes. So so she's ready for the wedding, and Naomi is there because she loves her son, and she wants her son to be happy. So she's ready, and Angelique and Barnabas are married. Mm-hmm. And Naomi and Ben, aside from the minister, are the only ones in attendance. Mm-hmm. The knot is tied, and it's over. They're yeah. married. Yeah. And so for that, because immediately after this, we jump into the next storyline. And so I think, I think that's a good place to stop for tonight. Yeah. And next week, um, we start talking about... I just want to mention, um, because this goes into our next storyline, before the wedding, um, Ben has brought Victoria from the stable because Ben is worried that Trask is going to find her there. Yeah. And Barnabas was like, bring her here. I'm going to hide her. This is my house now. You know. So so that's what we get into next week, mm-hmm. is uh, Victoria hiding there and Trask eventually finding her. 
also this is the point in time where we will talk about why Barnabas is the way that he is in 1967. Yeah. Because what happened in 1795 we all know he becomes a vampire. Mm -hmm. And so we get to talk about that next week, too. Yay. So, yes. <laughs> this is like the first half of 1795. And, yeah. and next week we get to start the second half. Mm -hmm. So so tonight, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. We know we've been gone for a couple of weeks. It feels like an eternity. Um, but just as a reminder, you guys know we're on Facebook. We're now newly on YouTube. Head over and like and subscribe. That really helps us out. Um, let us know your thoughts, your comments, concerns. Our email, same as always, has been between the shadows 2021 at gmail or find us on facebook we will do our best to get to you just as soon as we can mm -hmm. um but until then guys thank you so much and until next week keep it between us and the shadows good night guys good night i will miss you barnabas do you think it was wrong of me to say that perhaps we should leave it at that then i hope that what you're doing is for the best and i hope that in time you'll forgive me and you'll think well of me again why did it have to happen like this? Barnabas, I think that I will be asking myself that question for the rest of my life. It could have been so different. How different it could have been. Good and beautiful. Goodbye, Barnabas. You've been listening to Between the Shadows, a Dark Shadows podcast. All original Dark Shadows music, video clips, images, and media are the sole property of Dan Curtis Productions and is only used to promote Dark Shadows and should not be distributed, copied, or reproduced.